We are glad that you're here. We're glad for Dr. Gray being with us. I, you know, I, I'm, I appreciate people finishing strong. You know, we don't say that a lot today. And, you know, I think as a ministry, what a, what a privilege it is for have someone that has uh, been in the ministry a long time and, and still loves it. That's a good thing. And uh, if you were here during our uh, 930 service, you heard him say this, that when he was pastoring, he didn't preach on giving very much because he really made him very uncomfortable. Me too. That's why I brought him. And <laughs> I figured he needs to get back right with God. And so and probably everywhere he goes is probably what he has to speak on now. It's probably the Lord just kind of dealing with him. But uh, we are so grateful and thankful that him and Carla are here. We, we are, we're so thankful that God had brought them our way. So, Brother Gray, come speak to us. All the way to about, I don't know, 1125. <laughs> you know what? I'm, uh, I'm not pastoring any longer. I preach as long as I want to. They just say, God bless you. I used to have two services before. I, we built a new auditorium, 1,300-seat auditorium, and I used to have preach for eight, seven years, two services. 8.30 uh, was our first service. I had to quit at 9.30. Those people knew that I had to quit at 9.30. And I used to say, I know why you're here in the first service, because you know when I have to quit. Carla is my wife of almost 54 years. Uh, we've been married for almost 54 years, and I'm so proud of her and thankful that uh, she's able to be here with us also. Turn, if you will, to the book of Acts, chapter number 1. And while you're turning there, let me tell you a little story about a farmer who was going down the highway, and he driving his truck, and he had a cow in the back of the truck. And he was coming around a curve, and a lady was coming from the other way, and she came across the yellow line. And she hit the farmer, and uh, the truck went flying, and the cow went flying, and the farmer was thrown out of the truck. So now they're in a courtroom because the uh, farmer is suing the lady because she was the one that caused the accident. And the lawyer for the lady said to the farmer on the witness stand, Did you or did you not say to the police officer after the accident that I'm fine, I'm fine? And the farmer said, Well, you see, no, the lawyer said, Answer yes or no. Did you not say after the policeman came up to you and saw you, you said, I'm fine, I'm fine? Well, the farmer said, Well, you see, and... The lawyer said, judge, instruct the witness to answer yes or no. And the judge said, let him explain. And so the farmer said, well, this is how it happened. I was going around the curve, and the lady came across the other line, hit me. The truck turned over. The cow flew out. I flew out. And the police finally got there. And when the police got there, they saw the cow first. And they saw that the cow had broken legs and was just about ready to die. And so they took out their pistol and shot the cow dead. Then they came over and they saw me. And they came over to me and they said, how are you? And I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> now I want you to ask yourself, in your giving, how are you? How are you in your giving? I'm going to preach a message uh, that uh, comes from Acts chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 15. 
And I want to preach on this message, and I'm kind of preaching it from my point of view as a pastor and really the preacher's point of view because there are certain things that we appreciate as preachers. I used to say this, I love all of my people, but there's some I appreciate more than others. I love them all, but there's some. How can you not appreciate people that are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? You can depend upon them. They're there. Acts chapter number 1, and I want to preach on this subject, Christians I admire the most. Beginning in verse number 15. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of the names together are about 120. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all of his boughs gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in the proper tongue of Saudama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate, and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric let another take. Wherefore, of these men which have company with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, from the beginning of the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and they said, Thou, Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by, tra by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. They gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the people that are here in your house tonight, today, at this morning, this, in this service. We pray that you might bless them. Thank you for their faithfulness to you. We pray, Lord, that you might speak to us. Help us to say the things that would be pleasing in your sight. And may the Spirit of God speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we pray, for his sake. Amen. Christians that I admire the most. Here in Acts chapter number 1, we have a congregational business meeting of the New Testament church. 120 are present. Peter's the moderator. Peter's always talking. I'm sure someone said, nominations are now in order for moderator, and Peter said, I like to nominate myself. He was probably the greatest of all the apostles. Uh, he's not the one that I admire the most, but he's always listed first. He's always his spokesman. Now, the Bible says they were to pray for 10 days. Did you ever wonder why they prayed for 10 days or what they prayed about for 10 days or even who they prayed for? You know, a lot of times it's hard to pray for even an hour. Say, I want to start praying more. Um, Peter, I'm sure, prayed, Lord, forgive me for cursing and denying. I'm sorry I did that. James and John, I'm sure they prayed, Lord, forgive us for asking for a special place, for a presumptuous pride. We wanted to be right next to you. That was wrong. Please forgive us of that. Thomas, I'm sure, prayed, Lord, forgive me for doubting you. I said, unless I see, hear, touch, I will not believe. Now, they have a vacancy. Peter said, we have a vacancy. One of our own is betrayed, Jesus. That was Judas. 
Who's going to fill the vacancy? You know the qualifications. We just read them in Acts chapter number 1. He has to be numbered among those who were saved under John's ministry. He had to be baptized by John. He must have followed Jesus for the, these three years. He must have been a witness of the resurrection. Someone nominates Justice or Joseph or Barsabas, same person. Someone nominates Matthias. Then in verse number 24, Peter says, Lord, help us choose. The lot fell on Matthias. That's who took the place of Judas. No, nothing was ever said about this man before this time. You'll never read anything about Matthias in the Gospels. Uh, nothing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And yet Matthias was saved and then baptized by John the Baptist. Nothing is said about Matthias after this chapter in the book of Acts. Now how can we say that Matthias was one of the most admirable? We don't see his name, but we do see his footprint. Matthias, I think, is a perfect example of the statement a man or a woman new to gender can do a whole lot for the Lord if they don't care who gets the credit. There's two things that I want to talk to you about this morning. Uh, the first one's a little shorter. Matthias, number one, was saved. He was converted at the preaching of John the Baptist. Look at verse number 21. Wherefore, of these men which have company with us all the time, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, was taken up from us. He was born again. Uh, Matthias received Jesus. John preached, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And Matthias responded. Now in your life, there must be a time you meet the Lord Jesus Christ, if you want to go to heaven. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. I used to have uh, in my church a mortician, John Har, and he used to sign his letters, eventually yours. <laughs> We're all going to die. I preached a lot of funerals. When I was in Colorado in one year, I preached 76 funerals in one year. The old must die. The young may die. But we're all going to die, and we're going to have to stand before the Lord. Nobody goes to heaven because they live a good life, or they go to the church, or they've been baptized, or they take communion, or they've been confirmed, or they believe in God, or they had some kind of a vision. You know, I hear, there are a lot of people today, I had this vision, I had this vision. You know, I remember a story years ago about a man who had a vision uh, and he had a vision of three, three, three. And he felt, after he got up that next morning, he just said, I think God's trying to tell me something. Um, he woke up in the middle of the night, and he looked up on the wall, and it was 3 o'clock. He said, oh, God's trying to tell me something. I know he is. He looked at the temperature. It was 33 degrees. Oh, God's going to tell me something. I know he is. He went out and got the paper. He picked it up. It was the third month. It was the third day of the month. He said, oh, God's going to tell me something. I know he is. He took the paper. He went over to the third page, and he looked in the third column, and in the third column was the horse races. Oh, he said, God's going to tell me something. I know he is. 
He went down to the third race. Believe it or not, there was a horse running that day in the third race named Trio. He went to the bank, put $1,000 on that horse named Trio. You know what place that horse came in? Third. You never base your salvation on a vision or a dream. You base it on the Word of God. What does God's Word have to say? Salvation is a definite experience. And the curse of modern-day religion is that salvation is, is a mental, intellectual process. Oh, I've always been a Christian. I was born in the United States, and the United States is a Christian nation. Well, let me ask you this question. If a cat had kittens in a bread pan, would that make them biscuits? I don't care if you've been born in the United States. That does not make you a child of God. I'm thankful I live in the United States. Amen? And I'm thankful for all the things that God has done for us. But John 1.12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. You've got to become a child of God in order to go to heaven. And there's there's a time that you become a child of God. When you realize you're a sinner and you ask Jesus Christ to save you and you repent of your sins, you've got to become a child of God. How many here are married? Would you raise your hand? Put it up high. Uh, Do you remember when you got married? I do. We got married on June the 9th, 1962. Now, there was a definite time that I got married. And I remember that time. I've never seen anybody just all of a sudden say, well, I think I'm married. I'm not sure, but I think I'm married. You know what? If you're married, you know you're married. (laughs) I used to tell a story about Myrtle and Henry. Did you ever hear Myrtle and Henry got married? Myrtle had all the money. Henry didn't have anything. And Myrtle was always throwing it up. They were driving to a restaurant one time, and Myrtle said to Henry, Henry, I want you to know that we would not be driving in this big fancy car if it weren't for my money. Henry didn't say anything, didn't like it, but he didn't say anything. Went to the restaurant, and uh, Myrtle said, Henry, I want you to know you would not be eating in this big fancy restaurant if it weren't for my money. He didn't say anything. Went home. They're sitting there watching a big screen TV. And Myrtle said, Henry, I want you to know we would not be watching that big screen TV up there if it weren't for my money. Now, Henry's getting a little ticked by now. Doesn't say anything. And finally, Myrtle says, and Henry, I want you to know we would not be living in this big fancy house if it weren't for my money. Henry couldn't take it any longer, and he looked at Myrtle, and he said, Myrtle, let me tell you something. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for your money. (laughs) God's been good to us, amen? If you're here and you're saved, the greatest gift in all the world. And if you're not a Christian, you're not a Christian because... You've been to church, or you've been baptized, or you live a good life. You're a Christian when you receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. 
Matthias was saved. But now here's the main point. Matthias was steadfast. He was not chosen as one of the original 12. Matthias qualified. Jesus prayed all night and he said, Now I will tell you who I've I've chosen. And I'm sure that Matthias said, I want to leave all and I want to follow Jesus. Please say Matthias. In the book of James, there are two desires. One is a good desire, and one's a bad desire. There are a lot of bad desires that we can have. There are a lot of good desires that we can have. A desire to do good, a desire to take care of our grandchildren and our children, a desire to be honest, and so on. And I'm sure Matthias said, I want to leave all, Lord. I want to be one of your disciples. I want you to look at verse number 21. Wherefore, of these men which have company with us all the time. That's really an important verse, as I'll show you in a minute. Matthias said, I want to leave all and follow Jesus. Everybody, I think, thought Matthias would be chosen. Jesus gives the name. And Jesus says, these are the twelve. Peter, Andrew, James, John, still no Matthias. I'm sure Matthias says, say Matthias, Lord. I want to be one. Philip, Judas, the other Judas, still no Matthias. Say Matthias. Simon, Nathaniel, Bartholomew, still no Matthias. Lord, say Matthias. I want to be one of the apostles. Say Matthias. Jesus said the last two are Matthew and Thomas, still no Matthias. Matthias, I'm sure, I wa- said I wanted to be one. Now maybe if that were, would have been you or me, we didn't get chosen. We might have just said, well, I'm just not appreciated around here. Well, in church I pastor, that kind of a spirit never is appreciated. We want to be appreciated sometimes even when we don't do anything. Someone said even the mosquito doesn't get a pat on the back until he starts working. (laughs) Matthias had no complaints, no sour grapes. Matthias accepted it, and he kept on serving and doing what God wanted him to do. Look at verse number 21. All the time which have company with us all the time. Now, here's what I want you to see. This verse is after the crucifixion. This verse is after the burial. This verse is after the resurrection. This verse is after the ascension. He served the Lord all the time, during the life of Jesus and after Jesus was gone. We don't hear a lot about this man. He was a 1 Corinthians 15 Fifty-eight Christian, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. He was not in the upper circle. He wasn't in the house when Peter's mother-in-law was healed. He did not go to Mount Transfiguration like Elijah and Moses, but he kept on serving. Now listen, church, here's what I want you to get. Matthias said, if I can't be one of the twelve, then I'm going to be one of the 120. Now, I think that's a great spirit. See, I don't know about you, but I want more than just being saved, more than average. 
Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote, Man is born to act, and those who do not are the mere spectators of life. Colossians 3.23, Whatsoever you do, do it hardly as to the Lord, not unto men. The word hardly is cardiac, cardiac. Do it with your innermost being. Do it with everything you have. You know, when I got saved, I was 17 years of age in Detroit, Michigan. And I know this sounds a little strange, but um, in Detroit, Michigan, I got saved in April and graduated from high school in June. And about a month later, I got a job at Willow Run Chevrolet working and making the Corvair uh, before I went to college. This was, how, this was how naive I was and how innocent I was after I got saved. I said, I smoked. I set pins in a bowling alley for four years in Detroit, Michigan. I learned how to smoke. Smoked for four years. Learned how to drink. Learned how to go to jail. And dumb things. A lot of times when you're in high school, you take stupid pills. You know what I'm talking about? But I got a job at Chevrolet, and I said to the Lord, right after I got saved, I said, Lord, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for you. You saved my soul. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to quit smoking, and I'm going to start giving to you. And I know the Lord was saying, wow, that's wonderful, Gary. What a great decision that is. God bless you, son. I just think today that we ought to be thankful enough if we got salvation that we would not be stingy with the Lord, and we would keep on doing what God wants us to do no matter what. Matthias had that kind of a spirit. He didn't get chosen, but he served the Lord all the time. You got Whatever you do, you've got to put everything into it. When the history of this church is written, it won't be written by Alka-Seltzer Christians who fizzle out, or morning glories who fold up at, right after the preaching hour. This church has progressed, and this church will continue to progress now listen to me, because of Matthias Christians that are steadfast in their giving, that are steadfast in their service, that are steadfast in their talent, that are steadfast in their attendance. A Matthias Christian. They've served the Lord all the time. You read in the Bible, there are different kinds of burdens that are recorded in the Bible. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear ye one another's burdens. That's mutual assistance. Psalms 55, verse 22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord. That's divine assistance. Galatians 6, 5 says, for every man shall bear his own burden. That's self assistance. The Greek for burden in Galatians 6, 5 is portion. It means pack. God gives us a backpack when we get saved. And our problem today is some refuse to carry their backpack. There are a lot of people who say, man, this church stuff is easy. Yeah, you don't have a backpack on. Somebody else is carrying it. Somebody else is doing your giving. Somebody else is doing your serving. 
Years ago when we were, our boys were young, we'd always go to maybe a motel. And you know what my boys' jobs were? Bring the suitcases in. Bring the suitcases in. And by the way, they always knew which one mother's was. <laughs> it's heavy. <laughs> they say, you, you, you take the next. No, you take one. No, you take the next. I'm not taking one until you take one. There are a lot of people today that say, I'm not going to do it unless somebody else does it. A boy listened to a message one time, and the boy said to the preacher, may I ask a question? The preacher said, sure. He said, well, the Bible says the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Is that right? Yes. The Bible says the children of Israel built the temple. Is that right? Yes. Well, the Bible says the children of Israel did this, and the children of Israel did that. Don't the grown-ups ever do anything around here? What's a big excuse for not giving? I can't afford it. I don't feel like it. You know, some of the best things that we ever do, we do in spite of our feelings. In spite of our feelings. When our little girl was real small, and she was probably more spoiled, Brian and Brent used to get spankings, and they deserved it. Brian was a smarter one. Brent was not. He's the policeman, Brent is. He's not, he wasn't real bright. Because I spanked Brian, and, and just as soon as I started spanking Brian, Brian would go, oh, oh, and I thought I was killing him. After a couple smacks, I quit. Brent was stubborn. One. And about 10, he started crying. Brian used to say, Brent, you're stupid. You start crying just as soon as he hits you. You don't wait till 10. Karen was a little girl. I'm not sure she ever got a spanking. Our boys say that you never spanked her. Well, we only had one perfect child. <laughs> Karen used to play with her toys. And I still remember, I said, Karen, time to go to bed now. You've got to put your toys up. And I can still remember what Karen used to say to me. Daddy, I don't feel like it. And I say, honey, I know you don't feel like it, but you, gotta, you got them out. you got to put them up now. But, Daddy, I don't feel it like it. I said, I know you don't, honey, but you got them out. you got to put them up. But, Daddy, I don't feel like it. I said, Karen, you want to feel worse than you feel right now? <laughs> put the toys up. People say, I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like coming. I don't feel like serving. You know, our feelings have almost ruined Christianity. I'm not going to do it unless I feel like it. I'm not going to serve unless I feel like it. Some of the best things I've ever done in my life, I did when I didn't feel like it. Did I always feel like giving? No. Did I always feel like? No. There's times you think, I don't think I can do that. Whatever happened to serving the Lord all the time? Matthias could have said, I've known Peter since he was a kid. Why did he ever choose him? He curses all the time. I've heard him cuss. Andrew. Why would he ever choose Andrew? He's an introvert. And then Judas. How he ever got chosen, I'll never know. He's a cheat. I'm telling you, he's a cheat. 
not fair. Well, you know, ladies and gentlemen, life is not fair. We don't judge things whether they're fair or whether they're not fair. Christianity is not fair sometimes, but we don't quit serving because others don't serve or others don't give. Well, you're not giving us. That's not a prerequisite for us to quit. Somebody else is not doing what they're supposed to do. That does not lessen our responsibility. If everybody in this church but you quit giving, it does not lessen your responsibility. We still have a responsibility. Matthias said, I don't care if it's hot. I don't care if it's cold. I don't know whether you had the same problem when we were in Springfield. I used to have the problem of getting the auditorium just right. You know, you want to turn it up just a little bit? Want to turn it down just a little bit? I used to have, there's a thermostat, I used to have it in my old auditorium. And I'd say, how many here are too hot? How many are too cold? I'd go over there and I'd put my hand on that. I go, okay, I think, is that probably better? Yeah, it's better. I didn't do a thing. <laughs> I turned my hand. I'm glad when we go to heaven, heaven's going to be perfect, amen? But if I know Baptist, there'll be a northern heaven and there'll be a southern heaven. I don't care if I'm complimented. I don't care if I'm appreciated. I don't care if I've been hurt. I'm going to keep on giving. I'm going to keep on serving. Thank God for the Matthiases in the church. I'm thankful for when I pastored for every limelight Christian we had. And you have to have limelight Christians, people that are in front of others. But thank God. And I know your preacher will say this out. Thank God for the Matthiases in the church. To keep this church going. Those who read the Bible, pray, witness, and give. Give to, uh, to missions. Faithful in their tithes and their offerings. Loyal to the church. Loyal to the pastor. Now here's the end of the story. Peter has an election. Matthias finally becomes one of the twelve. You know, God has a wonderful way of rewarding people who would just stick it out. Just do what you're supposed to do. They came to Matthias and they said, Matthias, you have just been elected to be one of the twelve. And I'm sure Matthias must have said, well, it's about time. You know what I think Matthias said? What? I'm one of the what? You're one of the twelve. Wow. I've always wanted to be one of the twelve. Matthias was admirable. How about you? Well, I just quit giving for just a little. No, 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 no. Church needs you. I'll quit serving. No, 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 no. Church needs you. The work of Christ is suffering, not because of Satan's many devices, but because of the Christian's many excuses. You know what's really killing the church today? Here's what I believe is killing the church. It's one of these days I'm going to start giving. One of these days I'm going to start serving. Stand with me. I'm going to give you one illustration and I close. Years ago, 
When I was, I don't know how old it was, eight, nine, lived in a place called Taylor, Michigan, just outside of Detroit, suburb of Detroit. I went to a school called Edgewood Elementary School. My dad was a truck driver all of his life. We didn't have a lot of money, but we did okay. And one day I was going to school, and I said to my mother, I said, Mom, I don't have, uh, I, I have a party to go to. John Ellis is having a birthday party after school today, and I don't have anything to give him. I have no card. She said, well, take one of the cards. We had generic cards. You just write, you know, happy birthday, get well, whatever. So I, we wrote a card, happy birthday, John. And she said, here's a dollar. Put a dollar in the envelope and then give it to him. I said, Mom, I said, I don't have uh, any, you didn't make me lunch. I, I'll have to go to Michael's and get a hamburger or something. She said this. She said, take the dollar, take 50 cents for your lunch, put 50 cents in the envelope. This was back in, you know, late 40s, 50s. So I said, okay. So I went to the party. You know, they had ice cream and cake and all that other stuff. And so now it was time to open the gifts. You know, <coughs> kids don't care for cards. They want to know what's in the card. In fact, I'm sure that several of you, you send gifts to your children or maybe your grandchildren. We do still. You can leave the card out as long as the check's in there. So he opened it up and, and Mrs., Mrs. Ellis said to John, John, who's it from? And John said it's from Gary Gray. And he opened it up and there was a 50 cent piece in there. I'll remember this for the rest of my life. He looked at that card and he took that 50 cent piece and he said, Gary, is this all you gave me? I was humiliated. I started crying. I just started bawling. I went into the bedroom and I was crying. Mrs. Ellis came in and she said, John didn't mean that. John didn't mean that, Gary. I'm sorry he said that. You know, I don't want to stand before the Lord one of these days and hear the Lord say, is that all you gave me? Look what I gave you. Look what I blessed you with. Is that all you gave back? I challenge you today to be a Matthias an admirable Christian, faithful, steadfast. Give every week. Give, give, give. You'll be happy. And one day when we meet the Lord, you'll be happy that he's pleased with what we did in our stewardship.